Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mod Chat. For those who do not know, this is a podcast I do here at least monthly in two different forms. First of all, it is available in a video visual version here on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey channels. If you're wanting some kind of visual component, typically I might do a little bit of show and tell, but it's usually the articles and the pieces of media and news that I am covering in those. And this is available like an actual podcast, so you can take it around in an audio-only form and listen to it really wherever the hell you want to. Simply look up ModChat, all one word, on your favorite podcasting app, host, or provider, and you should hopefully be able to find it. I know it's not available on all of them, but it's available on most of them. Either way, ModChat is a series I like to do here where I come on here, I talk about some new pieces of modding news, developments just in the world of video game console modding and video game modding in general. Sometimes we do a little bit of show and tell. It's not necessarily a news show, but if you want to grab your news from this, I'm not going to complain about that either. Now, we have a few topics here for this episode, and it's going to be a shorter episode, mind you, uh, but they were some topics that I found pretty interesting. Surprisingly, some more Dreamcast stuff, just that system will not die off, but also a big thing for the PS5 or PS4. You'll, you'll see what's going on. Let's just go ahead and get right into the topics. So this here was a project that I've seen a few mentions of, but this here from developer Turville, he states here on Twitter, 1.27 slash 1.28 Grand Theft Auto Online is now playable again with saving support and more, thanks to GTOG, a project which Logan McGee started a while ago. It's not fully released yet, but you can join the Discord and sign up for the beta test. Check out their site here. And we will check that out here in a bit, but as you can see, this is supposed to be running on not only the Xbox 360, but also PlayStation 3, I believe. And as it says, this is, I believe, the last version of Grand Theft Auto Online that was working online uh, on the last generation of systems, or technically, well, the generation before that. So seventh generation is what I'm saying. It's a way of bringing this one back online. And with how heavily monetized Grand Theft Auto Online is these days, you now have a lot of people who look towards these older updates with a whole lot of nostalgia and kind of wanting that. Kind of like something such as like WoW Classic that you've seen a lot of demand for that. So there were a lot of unofficial servers that were popping up really just reviving like classic WoW for people who wanted that old World of Warcraft experience. However, there is the website here for og.gtao.gg which we can check out here, and it's just a pretty simple site where it says here, Welcome to GTA OG, an authentic recreation of Rockstar services for Generation 7 versions of Grand Theft Auto 5, allowing you to play online with other Grand Theft Auto OG users on old platforms that were left for dust. So right now, at the time of recording this, there are about 2,000 players on here. You can see the Xbox 360 version is not very well populated, and I would dare to say this is because I'm going to assume here you do need a modified Xbox 360 here, a hard modded one that is capable of playing homebrew, which just factually less people are going to have and do since that does require opening up the system, soldering, all that fun stuff here. However, with the PlayStation 3, since you can modify it using only software in current day, it is much easier to get onto a modified PS3, and that makes sense why you're seeing a large, large majority of the users here playing on PS3. It looks like here the 360 and PS3 are both fully supported, while as Xenia is unsupported right now at saying Xenia's Netplay fork currently lacks the features needed for GTOG to function. And what about the emulated version, RPCS3? It's 
partially supported but says it's currently not possible to play jobs with others on RPCS3. The relevant issue is on RPCS3's GitHub repository, so that's cool. Now, this is a pretty simple site here, which really this is just kind of a splash and kind of a jump to get onto their Discord server here, which it says they do have guides available on that for installation. I'm assuming partially why they didn't put it here was because I'm sure these guides are going to change up a little bit as well. Uh, however, at the end here, it also says that it's not affiliated with Rockstar Games, Rockstar North, or Take-Two. And this is a non-profit project ran by passionate hobbyists that enjoy legacy games deemed discontinued by their studios. Overall, this is a cool project. This is able to bring that old Grand Theft Auto Online back to systems that it was disconnected and abandoned on. That's really awesome to see. Now, I've covered some releases and tweets from Derek Pescarella before here for the Dreamcast, and this is cool here, where he ends up stating that Dark Agent has just released their beta of the Redump to CDI utility for converting Redump rips of Dreamcast CD-ROMs over to CDI. Uh, he says here that you can now convert redump Q-bin rips of unlicensed software, example being Action Replay, and even Sega's own mill CDs to CDI format. Now, if you're a little bit confused here, he ends up answering this further here, stating, this is huge in my view, but why? The only ODE on the market compatible with the previously mentioned redump rips is the mode. However, now GDMU and USB GDROM users can easily convert these to CDI, greatly increasing accessibility. CDIs can be burned to CDR2, of course, and here it looks like we have an example of uh, this is an official mill CD which is running. This was the format where essentially it was an audio CD and it's enhanced with some extra visuals and such. Uh, this is the format that was meant to do stuff with here, but then it ended up getting repurposed for um, essentially piracy and such on the Dreamcast. Number three here, he says, just to be 100% clear, this has nothing to do with converting redump GD-ROM rips to CDI or any other format. The use cases here are mill CDs, featured in this post's video and screenshots, as well as unlicensed software. So he does have a video here showing this, which let's take a look here. Uh, he does have, let's just go back and break it down. Uh, he does have the, well, if I can pause it, that'd be really great. Here we go. He has his Dreamcast taken apart. It looks like this is one of the, this looks like the GDMU, I would say. So it looks like this is a GDMU installed. Uh, he's got the micro SD card ext extension, essentially. So there's no disk drive installed right here. Move over to the TV. And here we have some mill CDs. So D2, for example. And let's see if he plays one of them, which I'm sure he will. So there's Space Channel 5. So we have the system kind of soft reset in a way. Let's see what happens here. We have this screen. And we're waiting. I have no doubt it will load. Here we go. All right, awesome. So this is kind of a extra version of like an enhanced CD from back in the day, except well, it works on the Dreamcast with the mill CD format. So this is really cool. Really awesome to see. Is it going to be useful for most people? I'm going to be honest, probably not here. However, it is still cool to see nonetheless. And they even say here on the Redump Dreamcast wiki here that Redump 2 CDI is a utility created by Dark to convert Redump Dreamcast CD-ROM images to disk juggler format. The redump image format is a non-standard form of BinQ image 
that cannot be burned or mounted with much existing software. So conversion is convenient for non-archival purposes. Redump to CDI is intended only for redump Dreamcast CD-ROM images. It is not intended to convert GD-ROM images or old-school non-self-boot binq Dreamcast files. And this is a beta right here, and it just shows how you can run this, uh, well, how you can use this here in uh, command prompt. So. Really awesome to see here. Love covering the uh, little Dreamcast stuff. Speaking of Dreamcast, right here from the Dreamcast Junkyard, we have something else here, which is the Dreamcast shooter Under Defeat has been translated into English. Now, I know this game has been ported over, I believe, uh, on the Xbox 360. It got one in HD called, well, Under Defeat HD. Uh, and I believe that was a Japan exclusive, I want to say. However, looking at this here, they say, thanks to Tap'em In, who previously brought us a whole slew of helpful VGA patches, comes an English translation of the shmup Under Defeat. Under Defeat was what we in the West would call a late release for the Dreamcast. Considering the Dreamcast was cancelled in 2001, it's mind-boggling to acknowledge that over in Japan, games like this were still coming out for many years. This one even came out late enough to be acknowledged on this very blog upon release. Developed by G-Rev, Under Defeat has been praised for its smooth controls and challenging but fun gameplay. Most notably, however, are its excellent graphics. With attractive 3D throughout, the level of detail on the display in this game is astonishing. It's not one for genre fans to overlook. And now with Tap'em In's translation patch, English Dreamcast fans can now have some insight into the game's plot. So just an example right here. Yep, we do have this where we're able to see really everything in English here, so that's really nice. The list of everything that's been patched here is the opening text, ending text, tutorial, end of level result screen, the VMU selection screen, menu descriptions, VMU save file descriptions seen in the console's bios, and the in-game VMU text has been translated here. So I was notified of this here thanks to uh, Derek Pescarella on Twitter, uh, but there is a Dreamcast talk forum post here from Tapham In, who ended up releasing this and if we come over here yep we got it over here the same information and from here you can just download the patch itself and then go through the process of patching your game and you should be good at that point one pretty big release here that ended up happening this month is the ps4 fake package file enabler for ps5 right now it's only on firmware 4.03 for the ps5 and this is from Slears govi and yeah this is not for playstation 5 games but if you have a compatible vulnerable PlayStation 5 on a low firmware, you can now play PS4 fake package files on here, which would be the typical package files that you would install for backups and such on a jailbroken PS4. So really, you're able to use a PS5 like a ultra, like a, like a, PlayStation 4 Super Pro, I guess you can see that's been jailbroken. Uh, either way here, reading up on this, it says, Following the recent FPKG-related commits to his PS5 Hacks repository, Slayer's Govi has released PS4 fake package support for the PS5 as a fake package enabler payload for the PS5. In other words, PS4 game backups are now a possibility on PS5. Uh, the PS5 can now run PS4 game packups thanks to the work by Slayer's Govi over the past few weeks. PS4 fake package support has been fully implemented on hacked PS5. Multiple people have confirmed the release does work, although some apps and games might crash or not load properly. Modern Warfare has confirmed that some PS1 and 2 games packaged for the PS4 also work. 
It is also worth mentioning that this release only works on 4.03 due to some hard-coded offsets specific to that firmware used in the mechanism. In regards to updating for this, if you're on a lower firmware on your PS5, they do say that most hackers are really working on 4.03, but they say for now, all 4.03 would give you is the possibility to run PS4 game backups, something that is already possible and in better conditions on a hacked PS4. Although the PS5 does give a performance boost to most PS4 games, in its current state, the hack is reported to crash quite often and not work with all games yet. This is not to say that this feature will come to lower PS5 firmwares anytime soon. A lot of work done by Slayer's Govi is very specific to 4.03, in particular with lots of hard-coded offsets that are difficult to find for other firmwares. And they do say here that if you're having issues with some games not running, Slayer's Govi has published the following tip. Another temporary fix for the library problem, we'll see if it's possible to integrate into the payload, not entirely sure, is to pull the app.db via FTP, open it up in a SQL editor of your choice, then you need to edit the table named table icon info and something else that's random, and in that table, find the apps that you want to launch from library, and set the app DRM type to 5, then upload it to the PS5 and reboot. It's also stated that this does not bypass the whitelisting, but bypasses the lock because the system now thinks the app is free. So even though this is pretty new and pretty big, do keep in mind that this is going to be kind of... Uh, how do I put it? Uh, temporary, temporary. It's going to be a little difficult right now just because it is so new. Um, and I've been on Twitter and there's nothing specifically I'm really citing there, but there's been a lot of activity in regards to this and really people kind of finding out in the very early days, what issues are being presented with PS4 fake packages running on the PS5, why they are bringing up those issues, how to repack them. There's a whole lot. So what I'm saying is this is exciting. This is big, but it would also be best to give it some time as well too, uh, much like what we saw with the early days of the PS4 when it was modified and getting backup games running on there and such, but still a pretty big jump here. So that is about it for this episode of Mod Chat. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you all got to be entertained. You got to learn something. And if you've made it to the end of this episode, first of all, thank you so much for making it to the end here. And secondly, if you haven't been here before, typically I like to pick a keyword or a key phrase of some kind so you can use it in a comment on the video upload, and I'll know that you've made it to the end of this episode. Typically, I pick something that's on my desk here, and I was seeing the little Lego pieces that I have. Actually, check this out. Like, my uh, one of my younger brothers, he ended up making these for me, like, years ago when he was, like, a small one. But uh, this is uh, Bayonetta, Sands, and Sephiroth, and I always just keep them on my desk here. Uh, I, I wasn't going to go with that, though. I was thinking of doing Lego, but how about puzzle? Do you like puzzles? Do you hate puzzles? Do you have a missing puzzle? piece for your puzzle that you've been trying to figure out for five years and you just don't know where it's at and you don't want to purchase a whole new one because you already paid for that one and you might as well wait for the piece to show back up because I, I don't know this from experience actually this kind of just something I'm thinking of right off the bat that is probably a realistic experience but let's use the keyword puzzle if you use that word in your comment on the video upload here I'll know that you've made it to the end of this episode. Anyways, that is about it for this episode of Mod Chat. If you enjoyed it, a like would absolutely be appreciated. If you didn't like it, a dislike is fine as well, too. But as I always say, this is Mr. Mario, signing off. Thank you all for listening and watching, everyone. And until next time.